community of Kilkenny City their own voice. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City. Community Radio Kilkenny City, number one for sport. Live hurling championship coverage this weekend, sponsored by Marble City Fuels, Michael Ling Hyundai Motors and JJ Kavanagh Buses. As we bring you the semi-finals of the JJ Kavanagh Sons Junior Hurling Championship and the semi-finals of the Michael Ling Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship. And our award-winning sports team will be there for every puck of the Schlitter, every clash of the ash. It's live on Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Unrivaled coverage of the Kilkenny Hurling Championship with Marble City Fuels, Michael Ling Hyundai Motors and JJ Kavanagh Buses. On Kilkenny's only dedicated radio station, Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM, your sports station. JJ Kavanagh's Daily Airport Service sponsors Talk Sport on Community Radio Kilkenny City. And a very good evening and welcome. It's Friday Talk Sport. Packed weekend in store, junior and intermediate semi-finals, not to mention loads more besides. 086-353-7782. Your texts, it's Sun Friday Talk Sport. We're here until 7 o'clock. reviewing all the action but we're going to kick it off with racing down Patrick and Dundalk are the meetings today and tonight we're joined by Burr Scott Burr how are you? I'm not too bad Liam I have some racing results for you today uh, down Patrick uh, where they started at 1 o'clock the first race there was won by number 5 the Shunter 5 to 2 the half 1 was won by number 1 British Art 12 to 1 2 o'clock went to uh, number 4 Fancy Foundations 4 to 1 Two thirty-five, number six, Ardash Chase, nine to one. Three ten, number four. It's a long, long road, twelve to one. Three forty-five. This was won by number eleven. Give him time, six to one. And the four twenty there was won by number five. Off your Rocco, seven to four favorite. Now, of course. Dundalk's winter season starts tonight also uh, that's probably the reason I'm here <laughs> I always have to do a little bit on Dundalk but the half five result um, that was won by number 13 Monzoom 7 to 1 second there was number 14 Quick Brick 10 to 1 and third was number 8 Airlift at 5 to 1 and Seamus just shows me the 6 o'clock result here was won uh, by number 4 Helen de Portales uh, Fifth, sorry, 13 to 2. Uh, second was Time and Money. That was number 6. And he was a 14 to 1 chance. And third was Tipperary Moon, which was number 14. And he was 66 to 1. So, <laughs> fairly serious result there. Now, look, there are six races left in Dundalk. I'll just go quickly through them. The half six is the um, Irish... Junior Jockeys Division 2 Handicap and uh, for the usual 14 runners maximum 
up there, but I think concentrate on the, I wouldn't say the leaders in the market, you wouldn't want to have done that in the last place, but anyway, Silk Cravat and um, Labaland are the two that are heading the market, and I think there might be, Kinch, number two is another one, might have a little bit of a squeak, but I think it should come down to a battle between Silk Cravat and Labaland, there will maybe Silk Cravat coming out on top. The seven o'clock, uh, that is a seven furlong handicap. Again, the usual 14 runners. And uh, the favourite here is number nine, Shawaf. Number one, Arnhem is uh, seven to one. Number two, Eastern Racer, eight to one. Along with number eight, sorry, Definade, also eight to one. Eight to one, number 12, Pulse of Shanghai. And uh, eight to one, Lilandra, 10 to one, Bar. Again, really tricky little handicap but uh, I think Shawaf has good recent form well drawn up there tonight and um, I think he has a good man in the saddle as well Gavin Ryan and he won't be far away the 732 year old race uh, there are 12 runners here in the favourite probably the shortest price favourite of the night number t- number 3 Coulthard 5-4 uh, to four on number 9 Zafi's Pride is 4-1 to one. Number 10, Angelawi, is 13 to 2. 7 to 1, number 5, Red Contender, and 20 to 1, Bar. Well, Coulthard is money on uh, for a reason. It's had three runs, all good runs and all in good company. Uh, he looks to have an excellent chance tonight. And uh, Shane Foley's Mount Zaffy's Pride is realistically the only danger, but uh, it looks like Coulthard will get a win on the cars there. The 8 o'clock and Apprentice handicap over a mile and a half. The favour here is uh, number 7, Spruce Meadows, for giant favour. 4-1 to one, along with number 11, Spelga. Uh, number two, Liquid Look is nine to two. Number nine, Ella Katrina is eight to one. Eight to one also. Number twelve, Tashman and uh, ten to one Bar. Uh, again, tricky. I have to say that look, it's the first night back up there, and uh, you'd have to trade carefully. A lot of the the usual um, uh, horses up there that. Uh, frequent on dogs shall we say but uh, there's always a few surprises in store. Uh, this race I think um, Spruce Meadows and Spelga and other the two that are heading the market they look outstanding in, in this race and I think Spruce Meadows should win it, it's drawn fairly well but over the mile and a half it shouldn't matter but the, the man in the saddle there tonight, Luke McAteer is absolutely flying, he's, he's riding winners all over the place and I think this will be another one for Luke, the half uh, eight races over a mile and a quarter two important non-runners in this race actually, number one and number eight the two of them would have been well well fancied, Arturian fame and Tasalka. But the favourite now is number seven, Order of Australia, five to four. Number four, Bolivar is eleven to eight. Number three, Sky Seven, ten to one. Fourteen to one, number two, cre- Creationist. Uh, number five, Harriet's Force, twenty-eight to one, along with uh, Lataya, number six, Lataya of the North. Um, Despite the fact it's not favourite, Sky 7, I think, would have a decent chance in this race. He's only third in the bitten. Order of Australia and Bolivar are ahead of him, but I think he would have a, a good... I think at the price, you'd have to take a chance each way. Now you'll be talking about the first two. But look, if you're going to have a bet in Dundalk tonight, my advice is wait for the last race. There is a good bet in the last race. I feel this horse been running really well in recent times on the turf, Showing up well all the time. Uh, it's not favourite. 
Number seven, Giorni Felice is favourite three to one. Number one, New Vacation, eleven to two. Number three, Daydreaming, thirteen to two. Number twelve, Gormanston, also thirteen to two. Number four, Do the Twist, eight to one. And Mother's Approach, number five, nine to one, twelve to one bar. But to come back to the horse I'm talking about, he's been with different trainers. At one stage, was with Jim Bulger. I've been showing up well recently on the turf and he's a proven all-weather horse. He's won over course and distance. I'm talking about number one, Seamus, new vacation. Ran a blinder in Gordon uh, just a couple of weeks back, but uh, I thought the trip was just too short from that night. I think a mile and a half is too long and the mile and a quarter is just perfect. 11 to 2 each way. That's my nap of the night. New vacation. You have a bit of a love affair with Dundalk. I think, do you oh, come we, into your own when the nights close in and we have uh, Friday nights in Dundalk? Uh, we wrote, <laughs> this man brought me yeah. up there, led me astray. But Lemus, it's a grand place to go. If yeah. you never back a horse, it, the, the cavalry of <laughs> is, so, is worth the trip alone. How's the success rate up there over the not last bad, 12 months? It's, it's not, not bad, bad, no. we, we come up with an odd one. Yeah, you can't win all the time, Liam. That's the thing yeah. about horse racing. If you could win all the time, we'd be millionaires. Shouldn't that be our motto? We, you, know, you can't win all the time. <laughs> uh, look, in sadder news, the passing of Pat Smullen, one thing just reading about him over the past 24 and 48 hours was, despite the illness he went through and he obviously suffered with cancer, he he kept racing at the forefront and he stayed involved in the sport and even when he was pulled up on his illness in interviews he was very quick to del- go away from it and talk about racing once again he didn't uh, um, he didn't dwell on it too I much didn't. he was he was a great he was a great man i mm. met him a couple of times i have to say he was a fellow that you couldn't but like and uh, it goes without saying that he was one of the greatest jockeys of all time you know some of the great irish jockeys like Mick Canan, johnny morta and pat smullen Amazingly, never went to work in England. Now, they did ride winners in England, yeah. of course, but they stayed at home. They were home lovers. But Pat Smullen was one of the best I ever saw. The last time I spoke to him, I made a point. The Monday, he won the Derby on Harzand in 2016. And Gordon was on that Monday. It was a bank holiday. And I made a point of going down that Monday to see him, to congratulate him. And uh, sure, Pat was the same as if he was mm. riding a, a, a winner beyond Gordon or someplace, you know. Very unassuming man, mm. but a lovely guy, I have to say. We sadly miss. I great at the sport, James. Yeah, mighty. And um, an article went up at lunchtime today on irishracing.com. And one of his uh, younger prodigies was um, a friend of racing here at the station, uh, Andrew Slattery. And I'll just read you a section from the article. I always said a prayer to my grandmother before every race. Wednesday was the first day I had to pray for two people after Pat Smullen died the night before. No patients got up on the line to win for me by a nose and I text Kevin O'Ryan, who is my agent and Pat's brother-in-law, and I said to Kevin, that one is for Pat. He was like a father to me. I asked Kevin if he would be interested in helping me out and, and he set it up for me. Lucky enough, Pat took me under his wing. Every day he used to ring me after racing to discuss what I was doing right and more importantly what I was doing wrong. He was different class, different gravy. He he helped me so much and he did this out of pure uh, courtesy. If there was criticism, it was constructive. I learned so much from Pat. I started riding for Demert Weld and he was riding out the same horses in the yard. The last time I cried was a young chap when my grandmother died six years ago. It brought a tear to my eye 
and when I heard Pat had um, passed away, he was the first one that came and congratulated me uh, when I made my first winner in Dundalk back in 2016. And as I said, that article only went up today at lunch hour, and it's a small excerpt from it, and uh, you'll find the rest of it on irishracing.com. Okay, thank you, Seamus. Ariyeshde Gareva Onam. Full of dogs on the way. Friday evenings, Talk Sport on 88.7 FM. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. This is Barry Henriquez from Kilkenny's only dedicated radio station. I'm looking for a bit of help from you, one of our wide number of supporters. I know that you are having a tough time, but I'm hoping that you can support our fundraiser, Split the Pot. It starts on Friday, the 25th of September. You will find the yellow boxes in the business premises of our many supporters around our city. Please put your two euro in the envelope provided, plus your name and telephone contact, and drop it in the box. My sincere thanks to every one of you. If you're not in, you can't win. You just gotta be in to win. Ganairi and Borleaf Galair. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Right, couple of texts. A uh, person has been on to say, good evening all. Apologies for not having been in touch in a while. Thank you to Barr for his knowledgeable contributions across a range of sports and to Seamus for his uh, tribute to Pat Smullen there. So there's high praise for both the lads. Uh, someone... Uh, you know, enjoying listening to your expertise. Uh, and, and also, our regular Jim Rowan has been on. He wants to say a very good evening to us all and wish the four teams involved in the junior and intermediate matches at the weekend all the best. So good to hear from you, Jim. That number is 086353 And as Jim mentioned there, it is a very busy weekend across a, right, a wide range of sports. In the junior tomorrow, the semi-finals in UPMC, Nolan Park. At a quarter past one, Piltown and Dixborough take to the field. While at a quarter to five, it's the Emeralds taking on Connie Shamrocks. And on Sunday, in the Michaeline Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship semi-finals, first up at a quarter to one in UPMC, Nolan Park, it's Glenmore against Liz Downey, while at a quarter past four, Thomastown take on St Lactons of Freshford. We'll have coverage of all those games here on Community Radio, Community Radio Kilkenny City over the course of the weekend. In local soccer, uh, there's a full card of action across all the underage ranks. Jim will be on sport tomorrow, uh, delving through all of that. But just to uh, give you a taster of some of the action and the Pat Marr Shield. Fort Rangers and Tullerone do battle in Buckley Park at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. These are all 11 o'clock kickoffs. It's Thomastown United against St. Canis's. Can St. Canis's continue their fine form and make it three wins from three? It's New Park against River Rangers. Freebooters A go to East End. It's Evergreen against Spa United. Clover United face Freebooters B. It's Dean Celtic against Bridge United. And Armavilla take on Stonyforge United. In the uh, Premier League, well, there's a, a couple of games this afternoon, or tomorrow afternoon, I should say. They're all dispersed because they're all being televised. At half 12, it's Everton against West Brom. At three, it's an all-championship uh, affair from last year as Leeds take on Fulham at Elland Road. At half five, it's Manchester United getting their Premier League campaign underway at home to Crystal Palace. While at eight o'clock, it's a London derby from the Emirates as Arsenal take on West Ham. 
in the Champions Cup. Well, that competition gets back into full swing this weekend with Leinster and Saracens at three tomorrow. Johnny Sexton is back in the starting 15 for Leinster, while Sean Cronin will start at hooker. While in another province in action this weekend is Ulster, they take on Toulouse in, on Sunday afternoon. That game kicks off at 12.30. Carrick uh, Unsure, Sam Bennett, he's finished eighth on stage 19 of the Tour de France to strengthen his grip on the green jersey. While there's big transfer news coming in since around about 10 past five this evening, Liverpool have signed Bayern midfielder Thiago for £20 million on a four-year contract. And it doesn't end at that because I can tell you, since that news has broken, there's been further uh, developments in the transfer world because they've also been linked with Wolves' Diego Jota with an expected price tag there of £35 million. And uh, Pat beside me here is not convinced. I'll ask him to explain himself in a minute. And uh, just finally, two games in the League of Ireland tonight. 36 minutes gone between Derry City and St. Pat's. It's nil-nil there. While at a quarter day, it's Ligo Rovers take on Bohemians. Right, Seamus, after all that, the floor is yours. Right, very good. Well, I just thought Pat 20 million was a bit in the chafe side. Or is a bargain basement stuff, Liverpool? Look. Anyway, leave it, Seamus, leave it. Yeah, settle now. Park that horse. Uh, tonight, uh, 10 race card abroad at uh, the James's Park venue. First races for open novices. None of these dogs have seen the track before other than to do a trial. Interestingly enough, three of the dogs of the six are by that famous sire, Pat C. Sabbath, who initially was the sire of 88.7 but he has improved uh, to get three of the starting line up here and the one we like is Kilara Chorus and that's trained by Michael Donnelly former Thomastown hurler for Phil O'Keefe out there in Clara race two it's an A6 A7 event uh, uh, two dogs that draw my attention here are Damien Fogarty's Turbo Turbo Avenue, uh, a recent uh, six-length runner-up to Ambitious Fred out of Trap 4. His biggest danger is probably going to come from uh, Bernie Hoban's, or Bernie uh, Minogue's, I should say, Random Kate out of Trap 1. Race 3, the Irish Greyhound Trust, 525. Um, Ballybuck Con, a recent addition to the uh, Pat... Uh, Carol uh, Stable and Murti Lahi. Uh, this fellow's trial, the last day, finished in second in a clock of 29.75. Left room for improvement. He's probably the one out of trap four. Race four uh, is the Kilara Icon A5 at stud. And uh, this one should be fought out between the outside drawn uh, Boggers Holly and Warzone Rosie. Both of them mid-seeded find themselves in four and five with possible preference go to Warzone Rosie out of trap six. Race five, the first of uh, the two big semi-finals out there tonight. It's the uh, A1 Derby, uh, jointly sponsored by the Kilkenny Greyhound Breeders and Jag Building Services. A uh, couple of winners from last week's quarterfinals are of note in this well drawn uh, but the wide seeds uh, that are in three or four are going to find things tough. Uh, we're looking at five and six here. Paul Brussel's ringmaster, uh, decent second the last night to Mingler's uh, Popeye. Doesn't have to meet him in the semi-final here. My idea out in trap six of the winner, uh, ringmaster for Paul Brussel. Uh, 
race 6 which is a break from the semi-final it's an A1, A2 event uh, this one down in the name of Boiled Sports and another dream, Morty Lahi he had a couple of play slugs last week this one should put him on the um, on the winner's podium tonight another dream out of trap 2 this one for Pat Scully second semi-final in the A1 derby well that comes up as race 7 on the card tonight and a winner from last week uh, finds himself uh, taking on uh, the probably one of the shorter price dogs here. We're looking at all fours. Carl Ramsbottom drawn drawn wide in trap five. He'll have to be fancied. But if uh, Robert Roberts' uh, Urban Highway has his racing boots on, he can go to the corner in under 440 and he might be the answer to put it up to all fours. So try one and five for the forecast if you're there tonight. Race 8 is the uh, Barking Buzz app, A4, and um, a dog that has uh, moved his way up the graves is Pookie Savannah, having raced at A6 and A5 level. He now finds himself at A4, well-drawn, well-housed in trap 1. He might be able to go a little bit further. His four-length second the last night to Triangle Ricardo um, would uh, read well. So Pookie Savannah out of trap 1, race 8 tonight. Last two races on the card, well the ninth race is an A3, A4 event inside seeded uh, Droopy's Lively uh, could bring up a double if not a triple on the night for Morty Lahey, this one owned by Stephen Dunn of Freshford. His next second to uh, Lacken Taylor the last night in the clock at 29-24 should be good enough. He's going to find his biggest oppos- opposition from Carol Ramsbottom Lugnaquilla and that one is out in trap four. This one having raced this last two races in Shelburne Park a revisit to Kilkenny where it had trialled 1 and 6 the idea of the forecast there Paul Hennessy he hasn't gone away he's uh, just running fewer dogs than he normally would but he'll probably put his mark on the board tonight one runner one winner uh, Boiled Sport Bingo uh, this one is in Trap 1 and if you look at the sprint run below in Limerick the last day where he uh, clocked 19.34 for a 330 yard sprint uh, he, he'll be decent on the night he's a 70 pound dog and he's 4 and he'll possibly make it 5 from 26 tonight uh, Trap 1, race 10 that's the one for the money tonight OK Seamus, thanks a lot for that just uh, quickly, US Open day 2, an estimate, I think we're talking about a prize fund of over 12 million dollars so it's not too shabby, Justin Thomas out in front on 5 under par, one shot clear of the field, Rory McIlroy tied for 3rd, uh, we have to wish the best to Mark Parrow, he'll be playing in the Irish Open in the next uh, fortnight, while Ella Malai, she's in action in the Euro 22 qualifiers for Ireland against Germany Right, Nicky, uh, we've had the three uh, CEOs of the major sporting bodies out in the past couple of, in the past couple of hours voicing their concern. Uh, Philip Brown from the IRFU, John Horan from the GA, and uh, interim FAI CEO Philip B- or Gary Owen. So it's uh, it seems to be the case that that they need fans back ASAP. Well, they're in big bother financially. Uh, that's probably one of the main reasons they went today. They're probably just giving an update to the COVID committee in uh, Leinster House. And they all uh, laid out pretty stark statements, uh, opening statements to the group today when they met them. I mean, when it comes to the uh, RFU, Philip Brown uses terms like burning €5 million Euro a week. He says they will, their net losses are forecast at €30 million for this year. And a further €32 million won't be taken in as a result of money owed from 10-year sales tickets. 
So uh, it is uh, looking as a professional sport. He is certainly saying that we could be under pressure with this sport mm. to keep it going. It's it's the mo- I suppose it's the most significant professional sport we have in the country. The uh, the FAI clearly have had numerous problems in recent times. We don't need to go back over them again. And clearly they're um, they're looking for money to just to keep the show on the road. Aside altogether from what's happening now and trying to keep the international game, I suppose the GA is in. Uh, He's in a tough position as well. It's uh, going to be down about 50 million this year and forecasting mm-hmm. another 20 next year. Uh, I suppose all three bodies are significant employers in the country. I mean, I can tell you the GA employs between five and 600 people. Clearly, if, uh, if I see the government coming up with money to assist the GA this year, I'm not sure the details on their full details are even rugby and soccer per se. But I think the GA will get money from uh, the government to run the championship this year because the government always indicated that they want the championships to be played this year to support the whole um, um, the whole mental state of the nation in terms of keeping games going. And that's um, that'll be the case. But I've said it on this station numerous times that the problem is not so much this year as next year. But getting down to the human level, clearly at that number of employees, unless unless the revenue increases, and the only way, the one way the revenue will increase in a big way is to let in supporters. And given the latest developments this evening, uh, with Dublin gone into a pretty lockdown situation, not, not quite total, but pretty much so, they have all their games called off. They can have no formalised games. They had Dublin football and hurling championships were heading to concluding stages. I think the hurling final was actually on this weekend. Mm. Uh, that's not going to take place. Now, if that was to carry on and, and and not improve, okay, we are six or seven weeks, I think, part out from playing the inter-county. But the reality of it, that doesn't improve. Now, the, the, the inter-county teams can train during this current lockdown in Dublin. But if that was to continue and, and uh, had to be spread around the country, it could cause it could call into question the staging of the Oregon football championships. Mm, and I think it was was it Philip Brown saying that it's it costs uh, these bodies money to allow a limited amount of supporters into the grounds. It's not a case of supporters in and automatically you make money. There is losses associated with it. So I mean, letting in people is a cost as well. So until we see maybe packed stadiums again, you know, you're even going to struggle to break even. Well, I mean, if you take, uh, if you open up a ground, let's just be, be parochial for a moment mm. and say Nolan Park. Well, if you open up a ground and you let supporters into the two big stands, well, then it means there's a level of, tra- of uh, cleaning has to take place after that. So there's a cost there. There's a level of, uh, I mean, stuff is done voluntary within the, within the whole GA scene, of course. But if you had a big stadium like Croke Park or a Viva Stadium, There'll be a lot more costs involved in, uh, in in deep cleaning the stadium when it's finished, the whole toilets and all the necessary. They could be you'd have to pay for the uh, the, the guardies' presence outside the stadium, perhaps inside the stadium security. All the, there's a whole plethora of, of costs there associated with running a big event. And uh, clearly, if you have uh, whether you have one thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand, the only variable there is the, is the number of such people you will want in to do the job. But it's still going to be a cost. Mm. And Pat, we're in the situation, even as close as we are here in Kilkenny. I think Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, they are letting in 100 people. I mean, uh, in GA games that are going to take place this weekend, I think the limit is 200. Now, I don't think that includes officials this time round, but we're getting into... St- situations now where we have smaller crowds you know there's going to be draws taking place people have to be told you're not going or you are going and it gets fairly messy yeah, it's nearly worse than having no one in because it's just uh, 
the, the, the clubs have to go and uh, try and sort out uh, the tickets. None of, children can't go unless they have a ticket either. So, you know, there's a huge loss of uh, promotion of the game and everything. So, um, I don't know. It's, um, uh, like, I, I see it pointless in letting in 100, 200 to games now at this stage even uh, because the, the whole club season near nearly over. It'll be over in two weeks anyway. So, it's... Uh, it's just a kind of a, an, an annoyance at this stage. It probably helps a little bit, Pat, in the <coughs> sense that there are, and I know this varies from club to club now, depending on the size of your club, but there are probably some people who they would probably find it extremely hard to keep out of Nolan Park this weekend if a club is playing a semi-final or a final. I mean, there might be big walls there, but it'd be very difficult. Let's be clear about it now. Over the last couple of weeks, at non at non uh, Nolan Park venues, people were able to people the people who really wanted now people were very good now and they did stay away. But there were some who simply wouldn't take no for an answer and got in over a ditch or somewhere or another. That won't happen in Nolan Park unless the lad come with a leather and they get over somewhere or another. <laughs> that wouldn't, and that w- it's not so. That's why I'm saying at least the hundred tickets per club will take will take some pressure off. And yeah. it can also create a little bit of an atmosphere where yeah. if you're covering a match as we have done every junior, intermediate and senior match since the start of the championship, you know, you can literally hear what the, say, the players are saying to one another. Even if they're whispering, you can almost hear it. At least if there's 200 supporters in the stand, it might, it might be more difficult yeah. to hear the players. But what's the difference now to two or three months ago? Does it take the gloss off it for the players? And I know I made this point a couple of weeks ago, and you, you, I think you made the point, Nicky, that you know when we get into hurling mode and I guess to the business end of the championship, the players don't mind it's big competitions. But does it spoil it? I mean, your supporters aren't there. I mean, the majority of them aren't there. They can't see it or win the county final. I mean, it, it makes a difference, all right. Yeah. Particularly, you know, when you have a, a team scoring a goal and uh, or another team coming back, like we said. James Stevens did last week you know the crowd wasn't there to push them on that little bit you know it does make a difference because because teams feed off crowds off the crowds as well you know definitely there there is a factor there has to be yeah but, but they're here yeah that's yeah. right yeah yeah. but I think as well as that I think Liam the question you ask is very relevant because a player if you're in a final or a semi-final you like to have the members of your family there Yeah, it's a kind of a family it's the nature of, of, of sport I suppose certainly the nature of the GA have your family there and knowing that they're not there and there may be none of them there and because they're not going to, they're not getting one now look I'd imagine to be fair to clubs if there's a hundred tickets they will ensure that I'm guessing here now, but I imagine they would say to each player, "Look, I can give. We can give you if there's forty in the squad of mentors. We can give you two tickets, buy two tickets, and mm. whatever it is, and we'll give them that way to you." So there's probably there's probably some chance that more family members will be there, but it's a big family occasion that's being mm. lost here. Well, even a community occasion, Pat. I mm. mean that. Like, can we really in five, six years' time when, you know, the bragging you meet a lad you haven't seen for years on the street and, oh, we beat you in that match. Is that kind of gone now? Because, you know, you weren't there. You only, if you're not tech savvy, you'd probably only see the result. Is that kind of, you know, banter gone now? Well, uh, yeah, it's definitely, this year it is uh, in, in, in that regard. The whole thing, I suppose, you know, you'll put up with it for a season, but if it continues on into mm. next year and you have a similar thing, well, then I think, you know, we're, uh, that's when it becomes worse. It's just a bit like, you know, you might, you might take the hit this year money-wise, but next year is going to be a lot worse and, uh, that, that, in, in that regard. So I think it's just going to be the same with the lack of crowds and the lack of uh, community, if you like, you know, that it's, it's, uh, it's going to hurt mm. more. 
again next year if, they, if it continues. Yeah, right. 086-353-7782 if you have a view or comment. Uh, for the lucky few that can't get to the matches at the weekend, of course, they are live here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. So just click that dial to 88.7 FM or crkc.ie and you won't miss a puck of the ball. And uh, it's uh, Junior Hurling Championship semi-final day tomorrow. Two games in Nolan Park, Pilltown and Dixbrand. Uh, what, what, 18 hours ahead of throwing, Nicky? How would you see this one going? Dixborough put up a very good total last weekend. Well, sure, we're, we're staying here since this the whole championship started that uh, Dixborough are probably the team to beat here. I mean, it's 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 probably not. They'll know junior club uh, kind of like to see it happen in the second year in a row that the second team of a club wins it. Mm. But they are the they are the standout team. But on any given day, any of the four teams might do it. You just you just don't know. I'm not I'm not dismissing any of the four teams' prospects. But right now, out from twenty four hours out from the game or less, I think uh, Dixborough are probably the team to. They've been putting up fairly fairly big scores and they haven't had to use they have, they have been able to keep their players together they haven't had to use them in the senior championship so I think now at Piltown are improving Eamon Kennedy's done a brilliant job on them Connie mm-hmm. have improved in the sense that they got they got smarter that's what got him out of the jail last Sunday and Emeralds are a, I won't call them a surprise packet they've been they've been there or thereabouts and on a given day they could uh, they could beat any team and uh, they would have a very good record against Connie. Does the fact that Dixborough won so comfortably do him a disservice going into this weekend or does it matter, Pat? Uh, no, I don't think it matters a whole lot because uh, Dixborough are playing at a particular level all year. Um, looking at the two games, look, Dixborough and Conaghy are the two favourites going into these games. Having said that, Piltown, the Emeralds, have uh, plenty of a chance uh, to upset the odds. Like, Emeralds went and uh, did a great job on, on Tulliher and, and won that one. You know, I mean, that was, a, what, a 13-point turnaround from the opening round that they played in Nolan Park in, in, in the league. Uh, now that 12-point win that day for Tulliher flashed them because they got three late goals uh, to, to put that distance between them. There were only three points in it with five minutes to go that particular evening. Uh, Piltown have been steady. They've seen off everyone. They've put up reasonable scores as well. Uh, Dixborough have been playing in the other section. And you see, the, the Dixborough players, uh, that whole squad is after being able to stay together. And that is after mean a lot. They haven't lost players like we say, O'Loughlin's lost, uh, O'Loughlin's lost two and three players in different rounds last year. But Dixborough uh, had that squad have it together and uh, they all I'd say most of them have minor and under 21 medals in, the, in, 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 the, in their pockets as well so, mm. and they're used to playing Nolan Park is a factor and don't anyone think anything different it's a, it's a big factor for Dixborough and it's a big factor for Piltown coming mm. up to it and how you say it's a factor in what way it's in a what big way advantage it it big advantage to Dixborough Mm. Do you Big agree? advantage to Dixborough, yeah. Do you agree? Ah, yeah, it would be. It would be, yeah. yeah. Look at the, when you, but funny enough, when you look at some of the records, I mean, the Borough, the Borough you know, lost the All County League last year to Navon. Piltown have a great track record over the last 10 years in getting to uh, all county league finals. They lost county finals in 2011 and 20, uh, 2018. Okay, our lads lost one in, uh, in the, 2019 and won 2007, but we have had no success in leagues, whereas the Emeralds, they, they won, they lost the county final to John Locks in 2017. So, um, but Piltown have, of all the, of the four teams, Piltown have the ones that have been uh, most in finals, be it the Junior League or the All-County League or the Championship. They have, a, they have a fair record of getting to finals and they are definitely improved this year under Raymond Kennedy. He's done a very good job. So, no, looking forward to, uh, to, to both matches. 
I agree with Pat has said the Borough and Connacht may be favourites but either of the other two teams could win their could win those games no question so about it so you're not going to try and attempt and play down Connacht no no, no I'm not going to do that I mean I think I think uh, I think uh, they got out I won't say mm. got out of jail I, I like the way in 10 minutes to go the last day when they did look to be in trouble they knuckled down to it and they 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 got stuck in I mean James Berrigan was he was being kept out of the game in the sense that they had a sweeper in front of him and th- th- no fault of his but to be fair to him with 10 minutes to go he opened up and he scored 1-3 and you know when you're, when one of your key players does that and look at he, look at it's no secret I mean other teams will try and, and do that that's that's up to the other players then to knuckle down so look they're in with a chance but I mean they're up against a, a, a team that's Emeralds are, are building momentum and when you come to this edge of the championship building momentum is important and in Conor Martin they probably have perhaps the best the best junior forward is scoring forward in the, in the county at the moment Well Connie, Pat although they're all Ireland champions they're mad to get that junior title Ah uh, yeah I mean that's uh, that's the ultimate but uh, having gone on and played through the that All-Ireland series Leinster and the All-Ireland series and won it and this so this team is together now yeah. for over 12 months I think they're a better team this year I think they're a bit more mature as well and uh, you know it's becoming more of a routine for them and that and they played games this year without key players and uh, and won them and uh, you know that uh, they are in the they're they're in the top four they're in the last four of this and uh, you know they are one of the teams to beat and I I think you know the Emeralds have done awful well and uh, and uh, I kind of sense the Emeralds were decent enough we played them in the special junior that county final and I thought there was great spirit in them that day and uh, some in in the some playing Tullerher in the opening round saw him playing wine gap there in the last round and uh, there's they're a team that are, are solid uh, their forwards played better now than I thought they would uh, against Tullerher and uh, that was the big improvement for me against Tullerher and if they can do that again they'll, they'll take a bit of beating they're, 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 they're not a soft touch now and they won't mind going to Nolan Park either like their opening round game was in Nolan Park as well so uh, you know if they if they turn up on the day then definitely uh, Conaghy will be in a match. Yeah, but will we just give Conaghy and Dixborough a slight vote? I would, yeah. I give, I mean, uh, on on form and uh, over the season, I, I'd be saying Conaghy and Dixborough, they're more likely to get to the final. Dixborough to join your beloved club, Nicky. All things going to plan. Well, I don't, in fairness, I have to be fair about it and say, look at on, on Gordon Farm, mm. yes. Um, but it's, uh, I, I think it's a hesitant. I, I think Dixborough, you know, will win that game. I'm fairly, I'm saying that with a fair degree. Uh, I won't say certainly, but Piltown will give them a decent run of it, and they're not without a chance. But mm. I, our lads, it's a close one. But I, 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 for once, I will say our lads, I think should do it. Okay, you'll hear both those games live tomorrow here on Sport from Twelve o'clock and music and sport from two o'clock and uh, intermediate games on Sunday as well. We'll preview them next. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. And we're just coming up on 10 to 7 and any last minute text. The number is 086-353-7782. Thanks to everyone who's texted in so far. Uh, don't worry, you have 10 minutes to give out to us if you like. That's when uh, the the offer go- closes at 7 o'clock. And uh, we have two intermediate games on Sunday afternoon. There are semi-finals and the, there are two great games by the looks of it. Glenmore and Liz Downey at quarter to one and at a quarter past four, it's Thomastown and St. Laxons. Is this Thomastown's year, Pat, do you think? Uh, they have the ability and the you know to do it. Um, 
Last year, you have to remember that they went into the county final short a couple of, a couple of players, a couple of mm. forwards, I think, at the time. Uh, they're the one intermediate team that have a bit of scoring power, uh, more scoring power than, uh, you know, they have, uh, they have, they have like, their six forwards are, are, are good. Um, tis, uh, defensively, they're big and strong and mightn't be as mobile or as... as uh, Maybe they'd like at times, but uh, that's easier solved than to find scoring forwards, put it that way. Um, they'll be tested uh, at the weekend, um, St. Lactons. It's amazing, Freshford. Freshford are a, a team that can put up a score any day once they, they get once they get into the mood. And I suppose it's uh, down to the, the you know their their county players or former county players, and that you know they're decent and they're they're not you know they're uh, kind of heading towards mid twenties now. Those players as well, so they're hitting a peak as well. So the thing about it is, I, I Freshford always I always think Freshford always have a a far a good forward or two and uh, this is a game that if they if they uh, get going they could give Thomastown plenty of trouble mm. Thomastown they, they kind of need to do it now at this stage oh yeah no it'd be uh, absolutely and they're probably they're well equipped to take go to the senior they have a big, physically big strong players and I think they're they're in shape now I've seen Freshford play three times this year and uh, maybe twice indifferent but the last day again Dunhamagan I thought they were very good I thought they I thought they also had the best format of the team uh, they had a number of lads who weren't kind of there the previous two matches I saw and I think uh, they'll probably line out with the same team I haven't seen the team yet and not published yet but I, I, I agree with Pat I think Freshman are capable of scoring now and I think doesn't you know Brian Kennedy and James Marr in particular are going very well at the moment and a number of other players Is, so, so is Brian Kennedy midfield? Or he's playing midfield, midfield yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And who's so, centre-back then? Quavon uh, yeah. uh, Berrigan Right okay. um, So look Solid, solid enough to Harry Burke at fullback. You know they're yeah. they're 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 a good solid team now. And if they go, they've good forwards now. Daramar, James's brother, is after yeah. me. He's a big addition to them now. He's been scoring fairly freely. You have Liam Hickey and uh, Shane Donnelly and uh, yeah, I mean, and, they, 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 and you can never forget Noel McGree. I mean, he's going. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's just like the he lead them when. Asher, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's incredible. But the, when you were named three or four lads there, they're all natural forwards and, and and all can take a score. Yeah, mm. but look on the other hand, when you have Thomas on, you have John Donnelly. Look at his wrist work there and you have um, John Joe Farrell they've just mm. mentioned there's a, a pile of Donnelly's there yeah, then take your right. pick take your pick from brothers and cousins Other, yeah. they're mm. just tremendous mm. hurlers so look it's um, I think that could be a very good game look Thomason will be favourites but I wouldn't dismiss Freshford's chances now if they, if they get a good bit of rhythm going in their game I think uh, they'll be hard to beat too well, if St. Langton's have the uh, you know the forwards and the ability to score is it a case where Thomastown shut that down or will Thomastown just outscore them what way will it play out that way could be a high scoring game now both of them got good scores the last day I think um, it's possibly, it dep- a lot could depend on uh, which defence actually does the best job yeah. to be honest about it I think that's where that game that game could be won and uh, you know there's good goalies in, uh, in, in in both sides as well so it could be down to the, the how well the defences play and can they can they just uh, close down as far as possible their opponents and that's where mm. the game could be won What mm. way would both teams like to see it go the game what shape? I think both teams would like to, a good open game and mm. uh, slug it out I think that's the way that's the way they like to hurl uh, Thomastown go through the whole year they've been putting up decent scores although Carrick shocking themselves was uh, a low scoring game enough and there was uh, really only a point in it and uh, and that you know so um, but again and uh, Freshford 
when, as we say, there are days when the, the, you know, they appear very ordinary and then uh, once they get it together, they're, they're really decent. And the other thing is, Freshford have been knocking around semi-finals for the last few years as well. You, haven't they? You know, I think oh, yeah, Bridge yeah. beat them yeah. the year they went up and, you know, so they have been, they're, they're not too far. They're always been a sort of a top four team. Ah, and look, at the, it's, it's a lovely evening out this evening. If it's the same tomorrow evening, it'll, it'll benefit all those teams. Mm. I mean, all of the teams playing the junior interme- or the intermediate tomorrow, None of them probably like the wet too much, so they'd love to see a repeat of this evening tomorrow evening in Nolan Park and on Sunday afternoon. Where does the voter confidence go in the earlier game? Quarter to one, Glenmore and Liz Downey. Well, Liz Downey beat Glenmore in the uh, Shield final in the intermediate and won it fairly comfortably, but Glenmore were missing quite a number of players mm. that particular evening, and I would say it'd be a very, very different game. Now, Liz Downey will be missing Pat O'Carroll. He's a big loss to them at midfield. He pulled a hamstring there the previous game, so he's a loss because he was a, he was a he was a good uh, interplay between the defence and midfield and the attack. So um, I think Glenmore will be much much more difficult to stop this time. But Liz Downey have been playing very well. But be fair to Glenmore, they've been waiting all along to get Jar Elwood back. He's back now since the last day. I'm not sure if he played the previous match before that. Uh, he'll be fresh. He'll be meant to go and. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Liz, maybe Glenmore, but Liz only been playing so very well. I mean, I've been saying all along, it wouldn't surprise me if they got to a county final here. What's the difference, Pat, between a Glenmore with and without your Aylward? Um, Glenmore, as we said, the the what they got to um, uh, was the league final or shield final without him. Mm-hmm. But uh, that bit of penetration up front, of course, and the way they hurl would suit uh, suits Jarrell. Would suit Jarrell. We're down to the ground. You know, you have the the, the Murphys. You have Shane Owen and Allen, and then you have Jarrell. Were uh, at the, the the top of the the top of the spear, if you like. So uh, there's four class players. You know, mm. and how they perform, and in Nolan Park, that's going to be the key uh, for for Glenmore because that they they are the, the they will have huge influence on the game, uh, the four of them, and uh, you, uh, unless Liz Downey can really keep it tight and make it a real uh, battle, then you'd say Glenmore should have enough to get there. So Glenmore, Thomastown final in a couple of weeks. I, I I'm, yeah, I, I just felt the last day that Liz Downey against uh, Young Ireland's. Well, I just thought maybe while well, well, Young Ireland's were improving all the time and having got over the Ballyragget with that penalty shootout, they clearly grew in confidence. And then we look back on the Liz Downey game and says, look, if we had to just be a bit more accurate in, near the goal, or if we had to t- take a few more of our chances, they might even have beaten Liz Downey. So, mm. I, I look, at, I, I say Liz Downey could very well get to a final, but the closer I'm getting to, the more I'm thinking that maybe Glenmore, with the, with the spine of their team, as, as Pat has said there, with Shane Murphy, full-back, Owen, centre-back, and you have Alan centre-forward and Ger Elwood in the full-forward line. And, you know, there's a couple of right good... There, there's a couple of young lads on that Glenmore team are right good holders. Mm-hmm. Right, well, all four of those games will be live here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Pat, before we head out the gap, you were sighing when I gave the bit of transfer <laughs> news a while ago regarding well, Thiago. I, I, obviously, we'll see what happens with him. We haven't seen a lot of German football, but we have seen the Liverpool midfield over the past couple of years. Were they lacking that bit of creativity? Uh, yeah, I think the two full backs were uh, compensating for, for that. And uh, look, he's a very good signing. Uh, he's a top class player. And uh, what I was uh, wondering was how they got um, uh, Dembele from Barcelona because he's in their sights as well. And mm. he's a really talented player has uh, suffered a share of injuries mostly because he's been playing uh, on the uh, on, on, on the. the 
the uh, he's into this, these games online and all the rest and staying up half the night and missing training and all that kind of thing but he's coming to an age now where maybe he might be maturing and if uh, Liverpool got me be an asset these uh, Liverpool transfers uh, because of the way they played against Leeds last week did Leeds uh, <laughs> maybe they're not, so not as good after all well it certainly caused a bit of concern how as a Leeds supporter are you feeling I mean you must have been happy with the performance last week and weekends like this against a team that came up with you these are important if you're going to stay up well look they played at this sort of a 100 mile an hour game mm. I mean maybe for your first match but uh, I don't know I think if they don't get three points tomorrow against Fulham I think I'd uh, I'd be starting to get worried. Yeah, I think the one against Fulham is the real game. That's the real match, exactly. <laughs> right. Communities in Action with Paul is on the way. Don't forget, sport back from 12 o'clock tomorrow. You won't miss a puck or kick of the ball. Until then, from all of us here, bye-bye, take care. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.